Hey everyone, this is Hunter Williams. I'm the Iwana Missionary for Central and Southeast Tennessee. And today I've got the one and only Bill Gunter joining us today. Or as some of you might know him as, Commander Bill. And Bill, uh, he's a guy that wears many hats, okay? He has served in Awana ministry for over 25 years. He actually started a ministry dedicated to helping Awana leaders across the country called Commander Bill, which we'll learn about later. And he's also founded a ministry called Small Church Kidmen that's devoted to helping children's leaders and volunteers in small churches. And today, Bill is going to combine those two passions to talk about Awana clubs and small churches. And this is such a good conversation. Bill shares his heart, he shares stories, and you're going to want to stick around till the end because Bill shares some very practical tips on how to run your Awana ministries in small churches. So without further ado, here's the one and only Commander Bill. All right, we have got Bill Gunter with us, or as he's known in some circles, uh, Commander Bill. Bill, thank you so much for joining us for the show today. Uh, thank you, Hunter. It's a pleasure to be here with you. You know, I, I, I said Commander Bill in the intro, and I said it now, and that's how many people know you, but there might be some listeners we have uh, listening right now that don't know, what is Commander Bill? What's that about? So I would love for you to share uh, your story and kind of how that developed. Where did this idea of Commander Bill come from? Sure. Um, I was introduced to Awana formally when my kids began to attend in the, like the mid-90s. And I quickly saw that Awana was this awesome ministry. And I sat back and I thought, you know, there, there are thousands of churches doing the same thing across the country. How much more effective could we be if we work together instead of everybody reinventing the wheel? Mm. And so I started a website before Commander Bill. Um, and then in the early 2000s, like 2002, Awana began to develop their website and they had a, a, a forum, a, me a message board. And I was an early adopter to that and I logged on as Commander Bill. I was the commander of the local club at that time, I think. And so through the course of it, I knew that people would know me by my words that I, that I wrote if they never met me. And so through that forum, Commander Bill became respected as someone that could give advice. And then people started sharing, hey, I've got this resource that I use. And the next 50 comments underneath of it was, can you send that to me? And I said, hey, I've got this website. I'll put it up there. You keep all the credit. I'm not taking your credit. Mm -hmm. um, and created the resource site. That's how, that's how Commander Bill began. It was a resource site. So clubs could go to it and just kind of see what other clubs were, do were doing. And if it worked for them, great. If it didn't, th then you moved on, you know, and mm -hmm. you could kind of see what happened. And that's when CommanderBill.net began. And it's it's been there ever since for like 20, 20 years or just to, just to show how you know how long it's been around, how prevalent it's been. I remember Commander Bill when I was a kid because when I was doing Bible quizzing and those kind of things, my church would use some of your quiz guides and things. So, yeah, Commander Bill, and I love just the heart behind how that started. It was just a way of sharing resources, which that's a heart behind my ministry too. I want to see Tennessee churches connecting and sharing thoughts, ideas, and resources to reach kids better through the ministry of Awana. So love the heart behind that. Thanks. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if we work together, how much, like I said, how much more effective can we be? You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're not competing. So if you have the Awana club down the road, 
they're not competition. Don't try to be the best club in town. Be the best club you can be. Mm. You know, because it's not a competition. You're trying to reach the reach kids. That's right. Yeah, those kids don't belong to us. They belong to the Lord. And right. God's entrusted us to disciple them and lead them. So, yeah, the perspective behind Commander Bill, I'm I'm a huge fan. And you, re- I recently found out though, you've got more than Commander Bill as kind of a ministry niche. Mm-hmm. I recently saw that um, you had started a ministry called Small Church Kidmen, and I would love for you to share about that ministry as well, because that's going to fit right into the topic we're covering today. So yeah, right. share a little bit about the start in the history with uh, Small Church Kidmen. When I was attending like national conferences, and, and one conference was being held at a resort, you know, it was a destination conference where it's close mm-hmm. to a... Uh, a resort, a destination to try to get people to go to the conference. Right. And I've got a full-time non-church job. And so for me to go to conferences, I'm taking personal vacation time using some of my money. And I began to see posts and comments about this conference about, hey, what are you doing in your free night? Which amusement park are you going to go to? And it seemed to be more about the destination and not the conference. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm going for the conference. This is my vacation. The conference is my vacation, you know? <laughs> and so kind of out of frustration, I, I posted, um, like I said, back in 2007 on my personal Facebook page, my heart truly goes out to the people serving in children's ministry in small churches, the ones who feel alone, the ones truly doing their best to minister to a handful of children and feel like failures. I often ask the big name speakers if they have any words of wisdom for the small church kidmen. And the standard response is, they are my heroes, but they offer little guidance because they truly cannot connect. You know, they really cannot relate to pouring out many hours in the children's ministry or working a 40 hour full-time job, non-church job, you know? And we always feel like we can do more, so much more if we had more time. Our vacations and personal time are used for Kidmen events like vacation Bible school, camp, conferences, etc. And so they have little downtime while using personal funds to minister effectively because there is little or no budget. And that resonated with a lot of people and a lot of comments after that. And I realized that the need was great because even me personally, I was connected with three other larger churches that had full-time staff. And here I am part-time working a full-time job. We did a summer camp together, an overnight camp, four day, you know, four days. Um, and one of the full-time, other, full-time pastors asked me, so this is your vacation? And I said, yes, this is my vacation from my job. And most of them were taking their vacation after camp to recover. Wow. And I'm going back to my full-time job. And they couldn't connect at all or relate at all how, how I could do that and how this week of, of camp as tiring as it could be was, was still rewarding and a vacation and just how I would use my personal time for ministry that way. Mm-hmm. And so it can be difficult for full-time people to relate to part-time bivocational or, or volunteer people serving in a small church. And that's not to demean them. It's just, that's not their life, you know, right. those right. kind of things. I grew up in small churches my entire life. My dad's a church planter. And so when you barely have a building and you're trying Mm -hmm. to run kids ministry, and I know so many people just like you shared where their vacations were those weeks at camp. 
Um, I had to do that, you know, a couple of times even. Yep. And so, yeah, it, it's a totally different ball game. And what I love about our conversation today is you're melding your two passions, your passion with Awana and your passion with small churches. And I've been wanting to cover this topic for a while. So when you said you were itching to talk about this, I said, yes, yes, yes. We really need to talk about this because especially with COVID right now, uh, there's churches wondering, hey, I've got volunteers leaving, our budget's cut, what do we do? And so, man, uh, you know, before we even talk about practical side of Awana clubs and small churches, I would love for you just to, for a brief moment to share just some encouragement for these churches. Cause there's some churches, I mean, as I'm, as I'm connecting with churches across our region, there's some so discouraged to the point, they just want to drop their kids ministry altogether because they just don't know what to do. Things are changing on a dime right and left. And so I would love, just before we get into the practical side, if you could share just some heartfelt encouragement, because you're right there with them, right? So I, I would love for you to share that with them. Um, the struggle is, for years we've been told to make our ministries like Disney. And then COVID came and Disney shut down. So we couldn't say, hey, come to us and let us share the gospel. We had to find ways to go to them. And mm. I, I think in a small church, it, it was easier for a small church to do that than a larger church. You know, larger churches have more volunteers that they can spread and canvas a greater area yeah. that way. So there are benefits on both sides, both ways. But again, in, in a small church, I was used to going to kids' events and activities in the evening on my, on my time, not during the work day, per se. And so that mindset of going out was easier for me. And so, and, e and even coming back to ministry now, as, as churches are coming back and, and some are still struggling, it's if we have one child show up, I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm in a small church. And so we're blessed that when we announced we were starting back up on Sunday mornings with, with children's church, all the families were there that first mm -hmm. Sunday. Now, when I say all the families, I'm talking five or six families with kids. So um, we had like 14 kids that Sunday, you know, and, and like all the kids were there that first Sunday we had it because they were itching to get back. Mm -hmm. um, so in a bigger church, I've heard that they may have 30% of the kids coming back. And so if you're used to having 100 kids and you've got 30 kids now, that's a big difference. You notice that. Um, I had to talk... I was involved in youth ministry earlier on in the church I'm at now, taking care of children and youth. And we had like four youth coming and the other gentleman helping me out got discouraged because one week we had no youth. And I was a little discouraged as well. I'm not gonna say I wasn't, but I could look at it and analyze it differently. And I told him, look, we both came from different, from larger churches. And so if you had, 100 kids or 50 kids and four didn't show up, that was no big deal. You know, we had four kids that didn't show up, but one, it was in the spring. So one was like rehearsing for an Easter performance. One was visiting a Christian, Christian college to go to, and, and the other two were doing similar type things. So I tried to put it in perspective. Isn't that we want from these kids to be involved and in serving God? You know, so but that's where the mindset is about the numbers when you focus on numbers. 
And so when you have a few kids coming, you reach, the, you reach who you have. You, you prepare, and again, in a small church I'm used to, I may have one child show up sometimes, or one or two kids for, for some events, some activities. But you reach the ones that are there. Uh, I, I asked people years ago, I said, if you have a big event and all these people come, and you, you know, you, you'll say, but if only one person was reached, it was worth it. And so my question back to them is, so if you have this big event and only one person shows up and you share the gospel and they come to know Jesus, was it worth it? And oftentimes the answer is no, because we spent all this money and time and all these volunteers, all these resources. And that saddens me, you know, what's the value of a child coming to know Jesus? Right. Um, you know, one summer, I was at a summer camp, people were on vacation, and we still had the midweek program in the summer. And I didn't know if anybody would be there. And I had my volunteers there ready. I said, look, I don't know who's gonna show up, but they were ready to run the night as it is. And one family showed up with a couple of kids and they did what they would normally do. And it was the parent that said, hey, don't just do this for my kids. And my volunteers were like, no, that's why we're here, you know? And they reached out to those kids. So in, in this time of COVID or any time, but as you know, COVID kind of brought it to the forefront, you know, don't have your focus on numbers, have your focus on who God bring, is bringing to you and how you can reach them. Because that's the real focus. It shouldn't be like, how many kids do we have, but how can we reach the kids that are coming? You know, COVID's been tough. Churches have had to make a lot of changes and a lot. Of, uh, they've lost a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think one benefit of COVID um, is that it has caused us to reevaluate our perspective and our priorities. You know, just like that story there and, and those things you were sharing, I think our culture has influenced more of our successes rather than the gospel has mm -hmm. at times. And that's, you know, that's part of living in, in a culture like this. But again, that, that's a perk, you, you could say, in a sense of pandemic is pandemic can cause you to reevaluate priorities. And yeah, during this time, obviously numbers are going to drop. You know, you're going to have families who still aren't comfortable bringing their children. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have people who can't pick up kids who normally could. So a lot of changes. And I love what you, you said a few times was reach who God brings to you. And that goes back to that Disney mentality. You mm -hmm. mentioned how we can put a lot on our shoulders and we think it's all about me. It's all about the wow factor we make. And obviously we want to do ministry with excellence. But I think we can forget the spiritual side of it. God is the one at work. God is the one drawing people. God is the one by his spirit changing hearts. So again, I think it can help us get strip things down to the bare essentials and say what matters is the gospel. What matters is being that loving, caring adult for kids. What matters is going deep mm -hmm. and discipling those who come. So outstanding encouragement. Because I do think with small churches, um, you know, the, the loss of volunteers or maybe a few kids not coming or those changes can be discouraging. But who knows, maybe God is using those things to really show you what your ministry is about and to open new doors. And so great encouragement. And I think it goes perfectly into what we're going to talk about as far as practically, because yes, we have a lot of changes. We have a lot of setbacks, 
but that doesn't mean we still can't serve. That doesn't mean we still can't love children mm -hmm. and share the gospel with them. So I wanted to ask you, when it comes to volunteers, when it comes to change of space, when it comes to change of budget, what are some practical tips you could share with us on Awana clubs in small churches? So I'm, I'm best thing I can do right now is just share my story this year yeah. because I was impacted Perfect. by COVID, yeah. you know? Um, back in the spring, everything shut down. We had a, a church business meeting. No, the leadership of the church had a meeting on a Sunday and schools were shutting down. Schools had to shut down. And my plan was to keep having Awana because you want some continuity, some normalcy in their lives right. at that, you know, back then. That was Sunday afternoon. And like Monday, then the, the gov I live in Pennsylvania, the governor shut down the state basically. It was Monday or Tuesday shut down the state and, 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 you know, for like two weeks, like everybody else, it was two weeks and then it added, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we shut down for the two weeks and I persuaded the pastor just to cancel Awana for the rest of the year. You know, Sunday I'm saying, let's keep meeting. And that was okay. By Tuesday, I'm saying, let's shut it down for the year, you know? And because by Monday and Tuesday, things had spiraled that way. And, and my reasoning for that was I had a plan in place to allow them to do Awana at home. I'd already thought about that, anticipating the possibility of that happening. And so by, we, we had six weeks left, so it wasn't a great, you know, long period of time. So we had six weeks left. And so I was able to implement that plan where we, we didn't really miss a week. I said, look, there's gonna be a lesson online. You can do that, Cubbies and Sparks, Parents, you can sign your kids' books. Just let me know the sections you've got complete. For TNT, I had them contact me with Zoom, Facebook, or somehow so I could visually see them recite the verse. And, and that's because with TNT, you earn the handbook awards that progress up to the citation, the highest award in Awana if you go through 12th grade. So I want that extra accountability for that. And that worked really well. All the families I thought would continue with it did and earned their handbook awards. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't do any Zoom meetings at Nothing Live. It was just, I was trusting them every week, putting a lesson online, the large group lesson online, cubby lesson, cubby skit, those kind of things. And then we did a Zoom thing for like the final awards ceremony. Right. And I had mailed the awards to them that way. Again, small church didn't break the budget to mail yeah. to like six families, you know? Um, but then during the summer, I'm looking at things. How, how are we gonna open up in the fall? What are, we, what are we gonna do in the fall? And and so I looked at back in June, July, not knowing what would transpire. I said, I'm gonna shrink it from an hour and a half to an hour for a club night. And between you and me, just between us secretly, okay? <laughs> um, I could blame COVID for that. But one of the key factors behind it, and I mean, COVID was a mitigating factor, was a big factor. But as I began to plan for the color of the year, I found out that the people I had for games wouldn't be back. Because last year I, I had three people rotating through games, mm -hmm. leading game time. And two of those were the youth leaders and the youth group was getting, was getting larger. And the third person was, was a volunteer, was a leader and helped out with TNT. And they said they weren't coming back this, this year. And this will surprise you. 
but I supported them in that decision. It wasn't because they were fearful of COVID or whatever, but what happened was back in the spring when they were doing the Elwana at home, that became such a good family time of discipleship that they wanted to continue that. Mm-hmm. And so um, even, even this year, I'm still off, we're meeting in person, offering the Iwana at home. This past, you know, for, 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 for the couple of families that don't want to come for whatever reason. And that's a little, you know, a little side check, but that's my thought for how can we reach people in an on-demand culture? You know, I'm letting them meet as they're able to and letting the parents truly disciple their kids at home using Awana. And so my plan is to continue with that as long as it's fruitful, as long as it's, you know, it's profitable because I can reach more people that way, more kids that way and allow the families to reach, you know, to be discipling their own kids. And so you can get discouraged when volunteers don't come back, but that's when you trust God. And I'm a big advocate for partnering with, partnering with parents and supporting your volunteers. And I, I cut the time, time down from an hour and a half to an hour, eliminating game time completely. So we have large group time and small group time. And I can hear the diehard Awana people gasping in the back. Like, <laughs> Commander Bill doesn't have game time? And I was talking to another local Awana commander and they were getting ready to start back up. And I told him, you know, we've got no game time, just large group time and small group time. And they're like, well, how do you do that? I said, well, at the beginning of large group time to begin the night, we've got the video screen and I have activities up there. We'll sing like an upbeat song to expend some energy. And I have different like online games or things What's been popular is Will It Float? It's videos where you got some guy by a swimming pool and he's dropping things in the pool and you have to guess if it will float or not. (laughs) Um, And that's been a hit for the five weeks we've had it. I thought it would have died out by now, but it's been a hit. They look forward to it. So I'm gonna do some of that live, not just videos, but, and and then I've got like a race between peanut butter, jelly and bread. And you have to cheer on which they th- which one they think they're gonna which one they think is gonna win in this ri- in this race on the screen, and so they're sitting there cheering, you know, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, and so I, I don't have game time, but I have an activity that's gonna engage them, help them expend energy, um, so it's not just a night sitting at a table listening listening to a lesson and doing handbooks. So mm. I'm doing what I can to engage them. And like I said, cubbies, we have two cubbies normally. Some nights we have one. Um, we may have three three now, which is good. But my wife and her, her, you know, the person helping her run the cubby night like it normally would. You know, they prepare like it was 10 or 20 kids. In, in a small church, you're always adapting because last year they had six or eight cubbies. This year it's two because right. they all moved up the sparks, you know? Or, or didn't come back. So you're always adapting and working that way. In the small church I'm in, we keep Sparks and TNT get together for game time. Well, we had game time last year for game time and for the large group time. Sparks and TNT are together. And because of space and because of leaders, 
and making sure you have enough leaders for accountability, you know, child protection, at least two in a room. We're all in one big room, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, we're using the space that we have. And, and so during small, like I said, it's a large group time, they're all together, and I lead the large group time. And the question always is, what lesson do you use with right. the two different groups? And what I, what I opted to do most of the time is I will follow the TNT schedule that way because that'll match what the, the TNT kids are doing in their handbook and it'll help teach the Sparks. And then the Sparks, when they get that lesson again, it'll be a four year gap as you rotate through the books. And mm -hmm. so in four years, it'll be fresh or they may remember some of it and it's a, it's a good refresher right. and it's helping them with their book. And that's why I do that. And then sometimes I'll just go off on a tangent and just do a different lesson altogether <laughs> that way. Like if I have a special guest, I'll say, you can speak on what you want, that kind of thing. So, but in a small church, you utilize the space that you have and the people that you have and you combine things. And I'm gonna share a story with you. Years ago, like I said, I was a commander of an Awana club that had a hundred kids and about 30 volunteers. And I left there to go to a church plant that that church was starting. They said, hey, do you wanna help them start Awana? And I said, sure. And I stayed, I left, I stayed up there with the, with the plant. Um, but then a few years later, one of the leaders that was in the club left that club to go to another small church to try to revitalize it and they were gonna have a wana there. And they contacted me and they were struggling. They said, look, I can't get the people to step up and volunteer to have a club the way it should be. And so I stopped by, met them at the church. We walked through the church and it was a small building, a small church. And they're talking about how they, they couldn't find a TNT director or a Sparks director and a Cubby director and a game person and, and all the structure that we had at the church with a hundred kids. And so after we walk through the building and, and they're lamenting about lack of commitment, lack of volunteers, I asked the question, I said, well, how many kids do you expect? And they said, I don't know, maybe 10, you know, six to 10, a handful of kids. And I said, well, you don't need this great structure. You know, you'll have like one director for TNT and Sparks and maybe a couple of leaders, like in my club, this year, I am the commander. I am the Awana ministry director. I am the de facto TNT director and leader, the only person working with TNT kids right now. And I oversee the, the Sparks director or the Sparks leaders. There is no like Sparks director. And because of the activities we're doing, I am the game guy. Right. I am the administrator, you know, those kind of things. So in a small church, you're gonna maybe have lots of roles that way. My wife would be the cubby director. She takes care of cubbies. But like, if a Sparks leader isn't there, chances are one of the cubbies won't be there either. And so after they've done their puppet skit and their lesson, they come back into that big room where we're at, off on, on the side. So the other cubby leader can be with those cubbies. My wife can help with the Sparks or, or vice versa that way with the two, two cubby leaders. So we can cover the Sparks, have proper coverage adult-wise with the kids, so it's not a, an adult alone with the children. 
right. you know, we're all, in a, all in one room, we can supervise each other and those kind of things. So you look at what you have and you begin to adapt it because the Bible tells us that God will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. And I've always took that to mean in ministry as well. If God wants a ministry to happen, he's gonna pro provide the people, the funds, the money, and the space. But it may not be the space that you want. You, you, we always want more space, we always want more volunteers, and we always want more money. Well, in, in this time of COVID, we found out that we can still reach kids and not have, not have any space at all because we couldn't meet in a building. We had to go out to them somehow, whether it was in a video, um, dropping off bags or, or, or curriculum or something, or just, or just driving by and saying hi. We had to go to them. So space wasn't a problem. Um, volunteers could be a problem. Uh, you know, Larger churches, they can have a volunteer pool go out and reach people. For me, if I were to, to visit every family, it would take me all day because of the distance everybody travels that way. Yeah. But he provides what you need. It becomes a question of, are we using it effectively that way? Um, like I say, if, when you realize I have six volunteers counting myself, helping out in Awana, now, when you look at ratios, that's pretty good because we have 14 to 17 kids, rough, or about 20 kids, okay? And so that's like three to one ratio. But that includes one person taking multiple roles that way. Um, so like I said, in, in a small church, you'll have multiple roles. You get used to it. You find ways to use the funds effectively. And each church, that's going to be different because some churches allow fundraisers, some churches don't, some churches charge their families for handbooks and uniforms, others don't. So each church has to look at how they fund their ministry that way. Um, but it's trusting that God's going to provide what you need. If he wants that ministry, whether it's Awana, Sunday school, children's church, whatever that ministry is, vacation Bible school, He's going to provide for it. And Hunter, like you said, during this time of COVID, now's the time to evaluate. I mean, did you have a vacation Bible school this summer? Did you live without it? Do you need it? But you need to look and say, what, you know, what did we not, what were we not able to do, you know, this year in 2020 because of COVID? And did it negatively impact the ministry? A couple of things I hope that children's ministries see from COVID, and, and I think maybe in a small church we see it more, at least I see it more in a small church, is understanding your volunteers and what they go through. Because in, in a small church, I, I've been a volunteer for most of my life serving in a small church. As the commander of that club of 100 kids, I was a volunteer. Um, and so I understand the time commitment my volunteers have. You know, they got work, they've got take care of the kids at home, homework, schoolwork, all those kind of things. So when a leader comes up to me and says, hey, I need a night off, I'm like, rest, take care of yourself. We will manage without you. Now, if all my leaders do that, that could be a bigger issue. But at the same time, all my leaders 
except for myself, my wife, and one other person have kids in the ministry. So if they're not there, their kids aren't there. So numbers drop. But it, it's, it's trusting God and just kind of saying, God, what's the best way that we can do this? You know, because he knows the space you have. He gave it to you. He knows the people you have. And it can be discouraging when you say, hey, are you going to come back next year? And people say, no, I can't. You know, but I would rather approach that understanding so that maybe a couple of years down the road, you haven't burnt that bridge and you start that relationship with them because relationship with parents and the kids are key. Like, you know, resilient disciples, resilient, you know, yeah. first thing. It, and even before that, it was all relations, you know, relationships. And I've said that for years. If, if your focus is on them earning the handbook awards, then your focus is, if that's your main focus, then your focus is wrong. I have felt like a failure because kids in my club weren't completing their handbook and earning awards, but they were still learning about Jesus. So was, am I a failure because they didn't get the trophy? I might have one behind me here somewhere, but did they not, because they didn't get the Awana trophy? Or was it a success because they learned about Jesus? Right. You know, it, it becomes perspective. So like I said, the big thing is his prayer, trusting God, seeing what he wants you to do, and looking at what he's provided. Combine the clubs, combine Sparks and TNT. Um, Cubbies and Sparks not recommended, but if you only have a few kids each, you can do that. You just have to work out the details and think about it. Think about the space you have. Um, things of that nature. Again, in a larger church, I had to adapt different things because of space. So space is an issue. Space, money, and volunteers are an issue no matter what size church you're in. Right. People are focused on those. Um, so like I said, in, in a small church, don't become, oh, woe is me. I don't have what the big church has. It's easy to fall, fall into that trap. It's easy to say, we need to have all these things for Awana. We need to have the Grand Prix. We need to have an Awana store. We need to have, you know, all these different things. Um, I don't have an Awana store. I haven't for years. Um, I don't do Awana Grand Prix because we don't have, it's no fun racing four cars, you know? Over now. <laughs> um, now, if I could connect with another church and maybe have a couple of churches come together, I would do that. And that's, again, the beauty of a small church. We, we had a summer camp where it was four churches. We were the smallest that got together to hold a summer camp for our kids. I've partnered with other churches for a vacation Bible school. So connect with other churches and say, hey, how can we work together? Mm. Because we shouldn't be in competition. We should be working together. I've, I've got a picture just off here on the right. I got from an Iwana missionary that was having a, a yard sale. Um, and I got it because it caught my eye. And if I would have thought about it, I would have brought it over, but it's three lighthouses on the same cove covering the same little spot of water. And it caught my eye because we often think about churches as being lighthouses, mm -hmm. protecting people from crashing on the rocks of sin and things of that nature. And so I see these three lighthouses all protecting this one cove. And I'm thinking, that's like churches in a community. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to do the same thing, 
but instead of working together, we establish our own entities and kind of compete who's got the best lighthouse. It shouldn't be that way. God's got kids coming to your church because of your culture. That's because of your culture. He's got other kids going to another church because of their culture. And that's okay. I, I don't mind if a child leaves my, my club and goes to another club as long as they're learning about Jesus. Because so, it's not a competition. And so you can't focus on numbers. And I, and I guess being in a small church, you know, I, I've come to realize that. You just, you reach the kids that you have. You always want more, but reach the kids that you have and be thankful for, thankful for what God's given you and just do what God's leading you to do. That's, that's the bottom line. That applies to everything. I mean, as you were talking, I had tons of ideas coming to mind just off some of those principles you gave. You know, um, the idea of space in churches, you know, what if you've got a church? I'll give an example from my childhood. So my parents, they were a church plant, right? And so they didn't have a ton of space. So they didn't really have any. And so they partnered with another church and said, can we use this wing of your building you're not really utilizing for our Awana ministry? And they said, yes. And it grew. And that was two churches coming together. And I think that's what we need. You know, that, that lighthouse analogy is beautiful because I think we need a humility when it comes to ministry to realize these kids aren't my kids. These kids are God's kids. Mm -hmm. And God's just entrusting me to disciple them, to uh, share the gospel with them. And so, um, man, so I, I was just thinking of that, how maybe if you don't have space, maybe you can partner with a church that has extra space and utilize it there. That might be interesting during COVID, but who knows? You never know what doors God could open unless you ask, right? That's what we did years ago. Years ago, we were meeting at the YWCA, at the Y, and they were going to raise our, our rent exponentially, just so it wasn't financially feasible to keep meeting there. And so with, with connections that we had in the church, we, we contacted another church, close, another church in the area, and we said, hey, can we use your facilities? We were meeting Sunday nights. They weren't using them. Um, and so I met with their children's ministry director and the pastor there. And all the basic concerns came up, which was good to talk about because they were concerned about them being a larger church and us being a smaller church, maybe people leaving our church to go to their church. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not too worried about that because the two people that live closest was myself and another staff member. And I said, I don't think we're going to jump ship. <laughs> but it was good to think about that. And so, and then the children's ministry director said, well, can we come to the club? And I said, yes, we may need some of your people to be leaders and help out, but yes. And so for years, it was our Awana club that they participated in, in their church. And then we got a building and then so we left and they started their own Awana club and it's still going today. So our, our small church began another Awana club. That was awesome. Yeah. That... Now, and, and the one, one bit of warning though, if you do that, just watch the our kids and their kids mentality. Right. Um, that, that, you know, just keep that in mind. It's just their kids coming to learn about Jesus. It doesn't matter if they're our, our kids, your kid, their, their kids coming to, to learn about Jesus. But you can run into an our kids and their kids and our kids are good kids. Their kids are not you know, bad kids. And you want to try to avoid that. But right. you work with the church, partner with them and connect and reach kids. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, again, just so many good tips come to mind. You know, the idea of combining clubs, 
been talking to a lot of churches about that. Just uh, you can make that work because Sparks mm-hmm. is more of a self-paced ministry. It meshes yep. well to teach the TNT curriculum in ways that can gravitate both towards Sparks and TNT. Mm-hmm. And then as far as space, um, one idea you gave me was, what if you met on a different night so that you could utilize the sanctuary? That way you can't spread kids out in the sanctuary. You've got adult coverage. It's easier, mm-hmm. um, you know, budget wise. Um, you know, maybe cutting out things that really aren't needed, like Awana stores, even though those are fun. You know, maybe it's they, not they feasible. Fun, but they, can, they can be fun, but they can be budget breakers if they're not handled yeah. well. And then, too, you know, learning to connect with other churches. Maybe a church down the road has a surplus of uh, curriculum or materials they're not using that they could give mm-hmm. you. Or you can go to the Awana Share Facebook group. and That's an that's awesome where, group. Yeah, Another that's one of my favorite groups you have. <laughs> yeah, where they could just share uh, resources and content from Awana Share. I'll put a link to that in the show yeah. notes because I want to make sure people know about it. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, we could talk for hours on this, but um, – but yeah, you hit on so many good points, and I'm gonna make sure that um, as you know, as we wrap this up, I'll I'll give um, links to some of your pages and your website, so that if people want to continue this conversation, they can reach out to me, they can reach out to you, yep. because like you said, it's flexible, and that's a, a huge word we've got to adopt right now during COVID, is it's got to be flexible. Yep. Things that worked previously, you're gonna have to change, and that's okay, like cutting out game time or shortening how long your Awana ministry night is. Um, or maybe kids aren't gonna work through the books like they did before, but that's okay. Yep. What matters is are they loving and learning about Jesus and are you showing that you care about them and are you discipling them? And so, yeah, just a lot of good stuff. Like I said, we could talk for hours on this, but um, but you know, as we wrap up here, Bill, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your wisdom, sharing your heart, sharing your stories. I think this conversation is really good at bringing us back to center. You kept yep. saying it over and over. And I want to say it one more time before you know we head out is, um, remember, God's the one who runs your ministry. God is the one who has provided the kids you have, provided the building you have, provided the money you have. So give it up to him and say, God, what do you want me to do with this? How can we most effectively use this for your kingdom? Mm-hmm. And so good stuff, Bill. And Bill, again, just thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, I can't wait for people to listen to this conversation and be able to grow from it and apply it directly to their churches. Thanks for having me. Glad glad I could be here. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, Bill. You too. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. As always, if you have questions or comments from anything you've heard, you can send those to hunterw.awana.org. And if you want to learn more about the Awana Tennessee Network, you can head over to www.awanatn.com. And if you want to support our ministry, you can do that in two ways. One, you can subscribe to our YouTube and podcast channels, or you can financially support us monthly. And you can do that at www.awanatn.com slash donate. But if you want to learn more about Bill and his ministries, there's a couple places you can go. If you want to connect with Commander Bill, you can go to commanderbill.net. And if you want to learn more about his small church ministry, you can head over to www.smallchurchkidman.com. Well, I think that's all the links and announcements I've got for you. I'll see you next time.